is just realizing that we're meant to manifest. We're designed to be manifestors and we're always manifesting. And so the only reason that you haven't already manifested whatever is the thing that you want is because you have resistance there. That was Cassandra Bodzak. This is her second time on the show. As we talk about in this episode, we spoke many years ago, right in the early days of Here to Thrive. But it's been a few years. And today we're talking about manifesting and how you can do that through meditation specifically. Let me just tell you that my oh my, can Cassandra manifest stuff. Just having watched her journey over the years, I have seen the things she has brought into her sphere. So yeah, she knows what she's talking about when it comes to this stuff. Cassandra Bodzak is a best-selling author, spiritual guide, and the host of the podcast Divine Downloads. She helps women all over the world who want to make peace with their bodies, quiet their minds, and reconnect with their souls. In this episode, we're really talking through the how-to with manifesting, and Cassandra breaks it down. We really dive into resistance and how we can move through that. As Cassandra says, if you don't have something in your life that you desire, then there's some resistance somewhere because we are manifesting all of the time. We also talk about how meditation really helps us do that consciously as opposed to bumbling our way through lives, people. There's so much in here and it's a great listen. So stay tuned. Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Cassandra, welcome back to Here to Thrive. I was just saying how much of a treat it is to reconnect with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I would love to hear a little bit more about what you've been doing recently. But for those listeners who perhaps don't know who you are, can you give us a little bit of a high level about what it is you do in the world? Sure. I am a spiritual mentor and an author, and I overall really um, teach people how to divinely design their lives, how to create the life that they dream of using spiritual tools. And I have two books. My first book is Eat With Intention, which teaches about how to connect to your body's wisdom and has recipes and meditations and mantras around loving your body, nourishing your body and that journey. And my most recent book, uh, Manifesting Through Meditation, is all about utilizing the spiritual practice of meditation to help you consciously create 
the life that your soul desires. And I also do that in a lot of my, my programs and my coaching. My signature program is called Divinely Design Your Life, The Process. And it's all about that process of being conscious creators of our life because I really believe that all of us came here for a reason and the desires that we have and the life that we dream of living isn't random. It's meant for us. And I love empowering people with the tools to make it happen. I agree with so much of that piece about that we all came here for a reason and we will no doubt get to that in a little bit. But talking about eat with intention, obviously that's the last time I had you on the show and now manifesting through meditation. Do you feel like the journey between those two books, you know, one of which is about intentional eating very much so, but about more of how we treat our bodies and this new book being about how we spiritually influence and design our lives. Does this also mimic your own evolution a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I think my journey with my body was what cracked open the door. And in Eat With Intention, that journey of connecting to our body's wisdom for me was that first step in connecting to my intuition and identifying with the fact that I was more than a body, right? That my body had this wisdom that knew how to take care of my body that I could connect with. And so that's kind of where my spiritual journey began with loving myself and forgiving myself and tapping into that guidance from that space of what foods are going to nourish me? How should I move? How much do I need to rest? What is my body trying to communicate with me? And then once that became just such a, a regular part of my life, the next evolution really was about meditation and connecting to that infinite space inside of me. And so I think both of them, yeah, they, they, they both go hand in hand. And for me, Eat With Intention was kind of the entry level of that conversation. And naturally, the more I leaned into that conversation, that I started realizing that I was manifesting my life through my daily practice of meditation, and through taking that time to check in with my intuition. So it was pretty natural growth. It's been five years in between, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, where I did a lot of that work in my programs and in my coaching, and that transition happened, you know, in my work for a while. And then finally, I was like, okay, I need to put out a manual so that people have access to this information and can really use it for their own life. I'm drawn to what you said about like the fact that you had that moment and it wasn't necessarily a moment, but that realization that you are manifesting your life, you're divinely designing your life and that these intentional processes, right? Like being more conscious and listening to your body wisdom and meditation turned into realizing that you're creating this beautiful life. I would love to hear a little bit more about how you see those things linking together. One of, one of the most important aspects, I would say, of divinely designing your life is that simple practice of being able to connect with your intuition on a moment-to-moment, -moment, day, daily basis, right? So being able to tune in and to say, hmm, does it feel 
expansive for me to spend my time today doing A, B, and C, or does it feel more expansive to spend my time today doing X, Y, and Z, right? And that process begins or can begin, doesn't have to, it begins differently for all of us. But I think a lot of people can begin that process with food. And simply because all of us have to eat every day, all of us have bodies that need to sleep or move and, you know, just do basic body things, right? (laughs) And so if we use those things as an opportunity, it can be something as simple as being like, for instance, this morning, I had like a bowl of fruit on the counter and we had apples and bananas and grapes <laughs> and just taking instead of just unconsciously grabbing whatever just taking a millisecond really to tune in and be like what is going to feel best for my body this morning right not did I read in like health magazine that like bananas are better than apples or whatever it is you know but just checking in and so I think when that conversation can begin on such a grounded level, and that also leads to a self-love conversation, because in this moment, we're taking that time. And one of the, the practices that I've had people do and eat with intention will be like, you know, if you work in an office and you go out to lunch, you know, looking at the menu of a place and, and really tuning into, okay, how do I think I'm going to feel after I eat this thing? Not just like, well, I always get the pastrami sandwich or whatever, but being like, okay, if I get that pastrami sandwich, what is, how am I going to feel? Okay, if I get the Greek salad, how am I going to feel? Okay, if I get that chili, how, how is that going to feel? And, and taking kind of like good, bad, right or wrong, like macros, all that stuff kind of out of it. And instead, just allowing ourselves to trust that inner guidance and have that moment where a lot of people will be pretty surprised and they're like, oh, wow, when I when I like take that moment and breathe into how that might feel like, I can actually already feel myself getting a stomachache from one of the options. <laughs> and when we begin with that process, what we're really doing is we're beginning that process of trusting ourselves and we're ge- beginning that process of of connecting to our intuition. So I think that's kind of just how that naturally can lead in because then you can take what started out as, do I go with the banana or the apple for breakfast? And then it becomes, okay, you know, I have like an hour break at noon. What do, what do I feel like doing in that hour break, right? Should I spend it doing X or should I spend it doing Y? And the more we make those little decisions every day that are in alignment with our soul, that are feel expansive, before you know it, your whole life starts shifting. When we talk about manifesting, one of the things you said earlier was that we all came here for a reason and that the life we desire desires us. With manifesting, and I'm hearing you talk about intuition, am I right to say that if we follow our intuition and can hear that internal guidance, we come into alignment with our path? Is that how you see it happening? Absolutely. I mean, I think there's different ways to enter the same path. I think that's definitely one of them, right, is the, and sometimes it's the easier access point for people is to just keep choosing the most expansive thing or the thing that feels good or the thing that, you know, when they connect to their intuition, 
And what you'll find is it might be easier with certain things than others because you may not have any preconceived prejudices or beliefs around eating a banana or an apple, right? (laughs) But then all of a sudden when you're realizing that, let's say you're supposed to be doing or quote unquote, supposed to be doing your laundry. I don't know, I'm just gonna give a silly example. But your heart really wants to read a play that you got from the library or something, you know, I don't know. Now, that might seem like a pretty mundane thing, but it's something that you have a little bit more preconceived bias on, right? So you might have a voice that comes up that says, you know, even though it might bring you so much joy to read that play right now and it might inspire you and whatnot, like you really need to do that laundry because like the kids are going to be upset if they don't have clean underwear, whatever it is, right? And so there are things that come up in life where sometimes it takes real courage to listen to the thing that we really feel guided to do. And so, yes, I do believe if we can fearlessly follow that and we can embrace that journey of following what lights us up and following what feels expansive and asking those intuitive questions, we will be on our path because then all of a sudden you do choose the play over the laundry and it creates a spark in your your head and you're like, oh my God, actually, I've always wanted to be a theater director. And so all of a sudden now you know, the kids are in bed and you're, you're Googling like local theaters. And this like just kind of naturally evolves from you following that consistent intuitive guidance. So that's kind of one way it can like magically unfold and happen. And then the other way is you taking that time and connecting to your soul's desires, connecting to what are the things that I fully desire, and then looking at what are the beliefs and what are the blocks and what are the things that I have that you know I need to work through, I need to release to allow myself to even fully desire these things and then to fully go for them and then to follow that guidance. So you can kind of enter it from both angles, if that makes sense. It just depends on what's most exciting to you. And the reason I love also doing both, right? That's what I'd recommend is doing both (laughs) is when you're following that just intuitive guidance in that moment to moment with that like example of the play, it's so many of us will go into that moment and we grab that play from the library (laughs) And we had no intention. We didn't like grab the play because we wanted to be a theater director. We thought we were going to do whatever, you know, write a play or something. No, we just like, there was that moment we looked at the play and we're like, oh, this looks interesting. Let me just grab it, you know? So, so often the things that we're just following our intuition, desires that maybe we didn't even consciously connect to yet reveal themselves, right? which I just find so amazing and magical. (laughs) I love it. I'm hearing you also say, though, that's the desires we didn't know we had. But often we know we have desires, like you said, tapping into your soul's desires. So we may know we have desires, but we don't know how to bring those to life. That sounded to me like that second path you were talking about. What What do we do if we find ourselves in that? circumstance so like we desire a romantic partner or we want to create a successful business and we know this about ourselves but we're not Mm -hmm. sure how to get there is that when we can utilize that second path and what does that look like like how to Cass how how to (laughs) yeah exactly 
So yes, there's very often we do know what we desire. And so the the process that I would take you through for that is the process in my book, Manifesting Through Meditation. And so it's four steps. And the first thing that is really important is for us to connect to the truth of who we are. And this is a step that most people skip because they want to go straight to the desire and then straight to getting the desire. But the most important foundational step is actually having that time where we connect to the truth of who we are. And so what that looks like is a meditation practice, is a spiritual practice, is a time, a moment, a way that you remind yourself that you are more than your body. You remind yourself that the truth of who you are and the essence of who you are is divine creative potential, is source, is love, is whatever your word wants to be, is a child of God, is child of the universe, whatever that that infinite inside of us, we need to remember that first because that is the space in which we can create anything from. And our human like limited self is not the space that we create from. So we need to get to that first. So that's where having a daily meditation practice allows you to just sit in silence, that allows you to even just connect to the awareness of your heart, that allows you to go into that essence is so important because then when you move to step two, we either discover the desire or we reevaluate the desire. So let's say like you said, you're desiring a romantic partner or maybe you're desiring a new job, whatever, maybe you're desiring a house, whatever it is you're desiring, you take that and then you sit with it in that space by connecting to your heart, not kind of allowing yourself to loosen the influence of the external world. So forgetting about what you saw on Instagram, forgetting about what your neighbor's have or what your family tells you you should want or all you know all those different like influences on our desires and going deep into that space of your heart and saying okay what do I want right what is the essence of my desire not what's going to look cool not what feels like keeping up with everyone else or whatever it is it's well what do I really want in the case of a romantic partner it's really getting down to the essence of it. It's like, no, how do you want to feel when you're with this person? And same thing, you could apply that to like a business or a house. How do I want to feel in this house? How do I want to feel running this business? How do I want to feel? That's like an important part of the desire. And then also, what are other characteristics of it? What are other elements of that desire that are really important to me that are the defining elements of it, right? So it's not about the, it's not about like, I I want, I need to like marry Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, oh, I don't know. What do you love about Jake Gyllenhaal? Like, do you, do you get the sense that he's like a a very classy man? You know, do you get the sense that maybe he like loves the outdoors and you love the outdoors? Do you find yourself physically attracted to him? So you want someone that you're physically attracted to? All of those are really important, but that doesn't mean you need it in that package. 
you know, because there may be an even better package you haven't even met yet that has all of those. So getting clear on the essence of your desire and same thing, like you may have a house that you've been looking at. You're like, I really want to manifest that house. And it's fine to utilize those placeholders if that helps you feel how the desire is going to feel but then hold it loosely to be like this house or something better because what's really important is that I walk in and I feel at ease. I walk in and I love the the windows and the light and I feel the spaciousness in the house and I love the the way that like the kitchen just makes me want to cook or whatever it is, right? You get really clear on like all the elements that are really important to you and your desire. And then we cast this big net because in that moment, what we say is, hey, what I think I want based on what I know right now is this thing, right? So maybe it is like that guy or that house or that business. But I also acknowledge that there's so much out there that I don't know that could be even better for me. So what's really important to me is this, this, and this, right? I really want someone that you know, that I, that I deeply love, who deeply loves me. I really want someone that's, that I feel so good about creating a life with. I really want someone that treats me like a queen. I really want someone that just makes me laugh so hard and holds space for me when I'm upset or whatever it is, right? You get clear on that. And then once you get clear on that desire, then we look at that third step is really looking at all the ways you don't believe you can have it. <laughs> and this is, and I feel like, Kate, you're, <laughs> you're also uh, with me on this kind of stuff, is like you have to just be really brutally honest with yourself sometimes. Yep. It's <laughs> like you, you got to look at the shit sometimes, Cassandra. <laughs> you can't just pretend it's not there and then otherwise the monsters in the corner will come get you. Exactly. Right. You have to be tired of your own bullshit (laughs) and you have to be able to say, okay, you know, I often, an example I like to give to anyone that's listening right now is if you've already like, I was going through that, you're like, okay, well, I know what I want. I know what I want, Cass. I want you to imagine like you're having a coffee or a tea with me and Kate and you're telling us about this thing that you want. And we both look at you and we're just like, oh, but so why don't you already have it? And so now you probably feel a little put on the spot, but what would you, like you could even speak it out loud as you're listening to the podcast right now, what would that response be? Because all of us have a response to that, right? If you're like, okay, why aren't you a billionaire? Well, you know, nobody in my family has been a billionaire. The business that I run doesn't have the systems to make that kind of money Or maybe it's even that, like, I don't want to be a billionaire because billionaires are evil, whatever it is. Whatever that initial response is to that, and I think it's so important to write all of that down, be brutally honest with yourself, that is literally what's why you don't have it, (laughs) right? So the good news is that you know why you don't have it. But the other good news is that it's not the, the reasons that you think you don't have it are not the reasons that you don't have it. It's that you believe them. That's the reason. That is why you don't have it. So it's not that 
no one in your family has done it, right? Or you live in a city and there's not enough men in the city, no, no good men left or whatever it is, right? Or it's, I don't have the time to start the business. The actual reasons you have, although they may feel really true to you, are not what's actually blocking you. What's blocking you is that you've committed yourself to those beliefs. That's so powerful. It's so powerful. (laughs) And like, I feel like I don't want to gloss over it in this conversation because I think so often we're like, yeah, yeah, limiting belief. And it's like, no, but it's the fact that when we're talking about this creative energy, right, and you were talking about in step one, really getting in that space of your own creative energy. But if you are consciously or unconsciously tying yourself to those beliefs, then that's what you are giving your energy to. Absolutely. That's what, and and thank you, thank you. That's an important thing to bring up because it's now you're creating that block, right? Because instead of having the belief of, and here's, here's also more good news, is that there are so many things that you have in your life because you don't have any resistance to them. This is why, like, if you look at some of your friends, you can probably spot it. Sometimes it's easier to spot it in our close friends where you're like, oh, this one area of life comes so easy to her. And she's always focusing on this other area of life. (laughs) And what it is, it's not that she got like some, you know, special juju or any of us have some special juju in one area. And then all of a sudden we're like inept in another area. It's. It's actually that area, she has no anti-programming in, right? And so, for instance, it's, here's a silly example, but it's coming to mind, and I think hopefully people listening can resonate with this. So, I've been seeing on Instagram ads recently these cute, like, matching, kind of like workout sets with uh, shorts and uh, cute sweatshirts or whatnot, cool fall colors. And I've just been, you know, I've seen it. And like in the back of my head, I was like, oh, you know, I want to get one of those sets. Like they look really cute. A pretty like simple thing, right? Not like a crazy manifestation, right? But I wasn't, I wasn't trying to manifest it either, mind you, because I know that I could just buy it. <laughs> but it just, you know, whatever, it hadn't happened or whatever. And then the other day we were out and we had, it was with my fiance and our stepdaughter. And we had some time to kill before our dinner reservation and there was a Lululemon. So my fiance was like, oh, I need to pick up like an extra pair of like gym shorts from Lululemon. Why don't you go in and see if you see anything? And so, of course, this cute set that was similar to what I had been looking at randomly through Instagram ads was there. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'm buying all this stuff for myself. Let me just get that for you. So in, in a way, I've manifested this cute little set, right? A small thing. But. It's important when you pay attention to those little things, right? And why was it so easy for me to call that in? Well, because I have no beliefs that I couldn't have it, right? And also because I also didn't have any beliefs that like I personally couldn't buy it. I 
didn't even need to buy it. (laughs) Yeah, it found its way into your sphere. Whether, like you said, you didn't put a lot of energy into it, but you had set that intention. I want that as a passing thing. And so there was no resistance. And and so it came. Yeah, exactly. It was fun. It was light. It wasn't a big deal. Right. And I know everyone listening has something like that they can think of, like a time when maybe you were even like thinking of a particular coffee and your coworker brings it for you. Right. Or you're already thinking about ordering takeout and your partner maybe calls and says, oh, babe, you want to get takeout from so-and-so? Right. Right. (laughs) It's like we have all these like little, we're like creating our lives all the time, even in the small ways. And so what happens is, is just realizing that we're meant to manifest. We're designed to be manifestors and we're always manifesting. And so the only reason that you haven't already manifested whatever is the thing that you want is because you have resistance there. You have those beliefs. So being able to look at that and, you know, the book has 10 different meditations and my coaching and my programs, I go to all different ways you can release those beliefs. But one of the easiest ways to start is to simply bring them to your conscious awareness (laughs) and to realize like, oh, wow, I keep on telling this story that I can't have what I want because we'll just use the like, there's not enough good men in the city, right? (laughs) I'm telling that story to myself every day in different ways. And so what's happening is I'm actually programming myself to experience that reality. So, of course, I notice the guy that's like cute but then forgets to hold the door for me. Or I manifest every coworker telling me about their bad date. (laughs) Or I manifest flaky people on a dating app, right? Because I have been programming myself to that story. And again, then this could, as someone that's in a relationship, and and Kate can probably speak to this as well, it's like when you're in a relationship, you don't have any energy kind of towards that kind of thing. So what you often can find is you're like, wow, there's like great guys all around here, ladies. (laughs) You're like, what are you talking about? They're everywhere. They're opening the (laughs) door. Right? And you're like, oh my God, no. Like, you're like, oh, you know, I like know all these guys that are just so sweet and, and whatnot. And, and that's partially because we don't have any resistance to it. Right. And so even just being in that space of writing down what are those reasons that you don't have what you have and looking at them and asking yourself, I always say, ask yourself, what evidence have you specifically attracted because of that belief so that we can kind of throw that evidence like out of the cave because it's tainted (laughs) And then ask yourself, okay, well, what do I want to believe? Even if right now in your consciousness, you're like, okay, I'm, what I'm aware is that I right now have a story that may feel really true to me right now, that there are not a lot of great men in this city in my age or that want what I want or whatever qualifiers you have. And you're like, okay, that feels really true. Why? Because I have this happened to my friend and that happened to my coworker and the last five guys I dated were like this and we have our little stack of evidence. And then, and then we ask ourselves, well, what do I really want to be true? What would be helpful to be true for me right now? And you're like, well, of course, what I want to believe or what would really be helpful 
is that there are an abundance of incredible men that are looking for exactly what I'm looking for and they're all around, right? And so even if in that beginning, you're like, I don't know if I fully believe this yet. By you simply consciously being aware that that's what you want to believe, now what happens is you're creating a new neural pathway in your brain because every time you think that thought of there are not enough good men, your brain also goes, oh, but remember what you want to believe? But you want to believe that there are like an abundance of good men. So in the beginning, let's say for the first week or so, going in Starbucks or you're walking on the subway or whatever's going on, and you have that old thought of yours, you're swiping on your dating app and you have that old thought. And as soon as that old thought comes, you you hear that new thought. Maybe you don't quite believe it yet and that's fine. But you're like, okay, this is the old thought, but the old thought's not helpful and it's not getting me where I want to go. So... This new thought I want to believe that maybe I don't fully believe yet. I'm just going to switch it out, right? So you're like, there's not enough men. There's, nope, nope. Heard you in my head. Nope. There's an abundance of good men. I'm choosing to see an abundance of good men. And you start doing that. And what happens is all of a sudden your reality will start reflecting that. Little do you know, super cute man holds the door open for you at Starbucks. Little do you know, you know, your coworker comes in and tells you about the amazing date she went on right? And now all of a sudden, your, your reticular activating system, right? And that, that what that is in your brain is that's the part of you that says, I want to buy a red Jeep and you see all the red Jeeps, right? I was going to say, it's the car (laughs) thing, right? Cass, like this is the best example. And it's like, when I decided I want to, wanted a Volvo XC90, then it was the most popular car on the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden your brain now, is programmed, you know, it's like you didn't have to believe that that car, that Volvo was the most popular car on the road. You were just thinking of the car. Yeah. And then I, and then I noticed it. So like you're saying, if we were to apply this to an abundance of good men, the simple action is you will start looking for evidence of good men and the universe will reflect it back to you. Absolutely. And then you can apply that to anything. So in business, you could, let's say, you're like, oh, it's hard for me because I don't have a family member that's already done this, been successful in this or something, right? And then you're like, well, what I want to believe is that I'm always surrounded by exactly the right people to help me, support me in my business, let's say. That's the new belief. And so then every time that you think about that, like, I wish I had someone that could help me, you know, it's going to be hard to be successful because I don't have anybody that's done this before. Again, then you replace it with a new belief. And you're like, I'm always surrounded. And then before you know it, after just replacing it, you start realizing like, oh my God, actually, my friend knows how to work this or my other friend has help on this, or I randomly meet someone in a coffee shop that can help me with this, you know, and we open ourselves up to that to that shift of belief. And again, just like going back to what you were saying with the Volvo, it's like, it's not like Kate had to fully believe that the Volvo she wanted was the most popular car in the market, right? What actually happened was I wanted a Volvo XC90 and my husband was like, yeah, yeah." like had no intention, Cassandra, no Mm -hmm. intention, wasn't the least bit interested. But I apparently had no resistance and he went and looked at the car with me on a rainy day because he had nothing better to do and fell in love and was like we need one of these 
<laughs> I love it. But I was like, I did actually manifest my car. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's because you exactly because you had no resistance. I felt very much like that about my Tesla. Oh, um, you had no resistance to it. I had no. Res- well, you know what it was? It was like I had. I had actually I did I had to clear a little bit of resistance. The resistance I had to clear was the fact that like I get emotionally attached to things. So I was emotionally attached to my Prius, which was the car that I had before my my Tesla. And even though like it had done me really well and it was a great car and and we had spent a lot of time together, <laughs> what I realized I had to release was just the fact that I was feeling like my my old car would be betrayed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had to look at that and that and once I cleared that and I really like was like you know I'm in gratitude for this car you know and and it's oh it's okay we've like come to the end of our journey and. It doesn't make sense me staying here just out of loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. So give cute. you an insight into my crazy head, I guess. And then once I got okay with that, I wouldn't even test drive anything until then. And then it was so funny. Actually, you'll love this. This is like how, you know, divine and magical the universe can be. I was actually doing an interview for a podcast. At the time, I was still getting comfortable with the fact that I could get a new car and like I wasn't betraying the Prius, right? And I was doing an interview for a podcast and they sent me a little form to fill out beforehand. And randomly, I've never been asked this question before ever because it doesn't make any sense, but they asked me on this questionnaire, what's your dream car? <laughs> and like, I don't know why you would ask me that, but they did. And... And so I put like a Tesla and as I put it, I literally just had this moment. Oh my God. Like, why would I not have my dream car? That's so silly. Of course I get to have my dream car. And so I went out, I test drove it and I put in money that day. Oh, that is such a great, I love the way the universe gave you the nudge, right? Like there's no resistance left, like nudgy nudge. That's so brilliant. Okay. So I love the fact that we both have our dream cars. Mine, Mine's the electric plug-in Volvo, by the way, as well. Mine has, we're like totally electric car loving girls over here. So, uh, I want to go to step four, Cass. What happens once we've looked at our resistance, we've really owned it, for lack of a better way, and at least brought it up to conscious awareness and done our part in choosing a different belief in reality. What's step four? This is so fun. So this this is when we go to quantum embodiment. This is when we become the version of ourselves that already has the thing or already believes all of those things that would call it into us at any time, right? So embodying it from that place of being like, okay, if I really believe that there are an abundance of amazing men that want the same things that I want in this city, how does that change how I move through my day? How does that change my my feeling, my attitude, my experience of the world. How does it change how I show up? Do and that that one is a particularly fun one because thinking about that and being like, okay, well, as someone that's like, you know, has previously been like single in a city and in that mindset, 
you make sure you look cute all the time, maybe, right? So like that might have been a thing where you're like, you know what, because men are all around me. <laughs> and they're all, you know, they're all amazing. And I'm ready to call on my partner. I've decided now, like all these men have always been here, but they were just waiting for me to decide that I was ready to call on my partner. And ladies, FYI, for you listening, so much of it is really just that is you kind of getting to the space of being like, oh, I'm ready. No, I'm like really ready right now. And great, all these fellows have been all around me this whole time and now I get to select one. Is it fair to say that in this in this quantum embodiment phase, it's like you, your energy, you almost become the magnet for what you desire at this point? Yep, yeah. Because you become, you become the magnet because you embody the vibration and the yes. frequency already having it. Mm-hmm right, of, of there being no resistance around you getting the thing you want. It all makes sense. It very much does. I want to go back to step one, which was around like, and you mentioned just like the meditation practice and how foundational this is. And I feel like the reason I want to go back to this is that many of my generation, right, like I'm coming up 40, we were like fed the law of attraction, which was very superficial. There was no discussion around meditation in that. It was just decide what you want. Just think about it all the time and it will be yours. And there were a couple of pieces I noticed as we went through this conversation that really differed around that. I feel like law of attraction talked around, or I should say the secret, the book, it was around specificity. It would be like, I want to marry Jake Gyllenhaal. And, and I'm hearing you say that it's more about getting to this energetic space and meditation is essential for that. But then also moving more in that sense of feeling rather than obsession around thing. So can we start with the meditation piece? And I'd love to just hear more around your feelings with how important that is to open up that creative space. Yeah, I think meditation is, that's why, you know, the reason I really wanted to write this book, Manifesting Through Meditation, is because I think it's the number one reason people aren't having success in their manifestations is because they're not meditating. And the reason that meditation can be, and like I just said, we are manifestors by nature. So you can absolutely manifest without meditating. But what happens is like, are you consciously manifesting the things that you want? <laughs> right? <laughs> and so when we meditate, what happens is it gives us that opportunity one to remember the truth of who we are to take our power back right because we live in a world whose energy is to make us feel like the victims of our lives more than the creators of our lives I mean that's just marketing anything you say oh you know if you don't have this bounty forest fresh scent then you're not enjoying life or whatever <laughs> So, I mean, that's not even, I mean, that's like, it's on every level, even on the mundane level. Oh, like if you're not eating a Snickers, you're not giving yourself a proper break or whatever. So we live in a world that kind of functions on making you, making us all feel powerless on a certain level, right? That like life is kind of happening to us. And so meditation gives us that moment to tune out of all the craziness in the world and tune into ourselves and reconnect with ourselves. And find that peace and find that space inside of us that 
is all knowing, that is infinite, that is naturally abundant, that is capable of whatever we desire, right? And then from that space, once again, get really clear on what we desire without all the noise. And then really do the deep, so much of those blocks that we talked about. And I think this is to touch on, so so we'll get into that secret kind of conversation too, because I think that's important. Having a daily meditation practice is, sent, is also having a daily manifest, conscious manifesting practice, right? Because you have this moment every day where you tune in, where you tune out, tune out of the world and tune into your intuition and tune into your source, divine energy, God energy, whatever you want to call it. You tune into that space of, of infinity and you get really clear on what you want to call in. You focus on what you want to call in and not what you want to try to avoid, right? And then from that space, again, what I think the the early levels of the law of attraction forgot to mention is that, okay, well, if you're constantly saying to yourself, I want a romantic partner, I want a successful business, but every time you say it, the things that are popping up is what we came up with before is a limiting belief or an, a wound or something you have around that that says, every time I think of a romantic partner, I simultaneously think of how there are no good men in this city that I live in, then what you're actually thinking of all the time is not a romantic partner, is but that there are no good men, right? Because the thought of the thing that you want is actually conjuring the belief that you can't have it. And so you can... It doesn't work. Fake it till you make it doesn't work in that aspect, right? Because if while you're doing that, you haven't done the work to actually look at the beliefs that you've made up around it, you're just bringing them to the surface, right? And so that's, I think, the big, the big difference there and why I do believe that this process is relatively simple, but is not as simple <laughs> as the secret might have you think because it's great and I love vision boards and I love all that stuff for sure but if you have all these things on a board but you have like massive reasons why you feel like you can't have them every time you look at the board what do you think of all the reasons that you can't have them right and so we want to do that and meditation also allows us to go to that subconscious level and really look in our meditation look at oh wow this I have this belief. I'm going to get really honest with myself because it's just me and me here. And wow, I really see, even though I really, really desire this in my life, I have this, this thought that I can't have it or it has to be hard for me or it's going to be difficult for whatever reason. And can I look at that? And when we look at that from the space of our meditation, and there's, like I said, there's a bunch of different meditations for you to do this work in the book as well we're able to transform it from the subconscious level because where it's sabotaging us is in the subconscious level, right? And so we need to, to get it at the root and where it lives because we can, I often describe, if you're just throwing an affirmation over you know, a negative belief or a wound or something, you're essentially putting beautiful icing on a cupcake of dirt. And so we need to go in and rework the cupcake recipe <laughs> and not just put some icing over it. So I think that's a big reason why that people feel like 
the law, law of attraction or the secret stuff hasn't worked for them or frustrates them. And it's not because it's inherently wrong. It's just a little bit more complicated because again, if you have no resistance to the Volvo, you have no resistance to um, the business or the man, it will naturally just happen if you focus on it, right? But we've been through a lot of stuff in our lifetime and we all have different beliefs around certain things that we need to shift and we need to move so that they can flow freely to us. And then uh, the last thing that I wanted to say around the specificity or the lack of specificity is that if specificity brings you joy and evokes the feeling and gets like your wheels turning, like imagining your future husband as Jake Gyllenhaal, that's totally fine. Like put Jake Gyllenhaal on your vision board, but know it's like you're not manifesting Jake Gyllenhaal, right? And who knows? I don't know if Jake Gyllenhaal's married. He might not be married. One of you may actually manifest Jake Gyllenhaal, right? And marry him. And that's totally possible. It's not like it's not possible. It's just that use whatever it is if it's like a specific, even with the car example, right? If you were getting really excited about that car because of certain features in that car, because of how that car makes you feel, because of how you feel when you look at the car, because of the values that car has, whatever it is, right? Like who knows, maybe there was a, there could have been a car that you didn't even know existed that the salesman drove out that day and you were like, oh, wow, I totally thought I was manifesting this car, but this car is like the dream. And as long as we're open to that, it's like you're going to get you're going to get exactly what's in your highest alignment. And so I think that's an individual thing. If if having that kind of placeholder specificity makes you feel gets your juices flowing and gets you excited and you can say this or something even better then go for it. And if it doesn't, like for me, that like doesn't really get my juices going. I like, I like the broader strokes. I like the feelings. I like the essence of it. And that really gets it going for me. And then getting too specific for me personally makes feel less exciting, <laughs> feels limiting. That's really interesting. And I love the way you use the, the frame of a placeholder because I've kind of always avoided vision boards personally, but I think with my probably slightly more uh, left brain dominance, maybe I need to try out some placeholders and that will help me envision or feel the feelings. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play around. Yay. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's been so many important linkages and for me anyway in this conversation, Cass, just even talking about like the benefit of a daily meditation practice is that you're setting daily intentions. And I think that is so powerful to, to contemplate that that daily routine is about consciously creating what you want. And it is the start of that of that journey. As we wrap up today, Cassandra, if I was just to ask you, what is one thing that you feel called to leave the Here to Thrive listeners with? Just know that everything that you desire is meant for you. And that the things that you feel like right now are harder for you to manifest or that you're struggling to call into your life know that that too is part of your soul's journey and that your soul 
wanted to do this juicy work around it. Your soul wanted to release these beliefs and go through the shifts and it wanted to have this experience too. And so you don't have to think about it as a bad thing or about a way that you're haven't figured something out or whatnot. Our souls, I really believe when they when we came here, we chose to learn certain things in certain areas. And the areas that we often feel the most resistance to, the areas that we often have the most beliefs to work through around are the areas sometimes that our soul is most excited to do the work around and to have all these insights and these learnings. So when you're on this manifesting journey, don't forget to enjoy it and to revel in how juicy and fun it really can be. The four phases of manifesting, just to summarize those, they are connecting to the truth of who we are, clearing our resistance, embodying the feelings and frequency of what we desire, and taking co-creative action. You can find more as well as all of the meditations to help you do this in Cassandra's new book, Manifesting Through Meditation. It's available wherever you get books. It's super bright and greeny blue, so look out for it. You can find links to get that over at the Here to Thrive website, heretothrive.com forward slash podcast 157. Or you can head to Cassandra's website, cassandrabodzak.com. This is closing us out for the end of 2021. Bring on 2022, people. If you appreciate Here to Thrive, please tell your friends. And it means so much if you can take the time to leave a five-star review and just a note to let us know that you're there and listening and what you appreciate about the show. It really helps other people also find the show. And I think the world could do with a little bit more positive inspiration. So it would mean so much if you could help me get the word out there. Enjoy closing out this year. And if you're listening in 2022, I hope it's been treating you kindly so far. And in the meantime, beautiful people, before we're back next year, just keep thriving. Keep thriving. Keep thriving.